from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Good morning, this is WIA National News for week commencing April 27th. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And I'm Brian, VK3GR. Good morning, Robert. Good, Good morning, morning, listeners. Good morning, everybody. Hello, we get to everyone. do this again. Excellent. Yes, we're uh, filling in this week for Graham. He's done all the hard work. We just get to sit here with our uh, cognac and cigars and, uh, yeah, talk to our friends. What's news in uh, your world, Brian? I have uh, just opened up this month's AR magazine. First thing I turned to was uh, Build a Remote MF ATU. It's uh, VK1DSH, Dale Hughes, a networked, automatic and remotely controlled MF ATU for the new band. Uh, the most interesting thing there is the export network interface. This remarkable little device is not much bigger than an RJ45 connector, yet it's, com- uh, uh, pardon me, it's a complete network interface, complete with an inbuilt web page for configuration. So he's found a great little device to plug onto a homebrew project that lets him um, you know, add value without having to do all the hard work himself, which is a nice little bit. Mm, great. Well, that's just arrived in everyone's letterbox, I imagine. Well, mine turned up yesterday as well. Yeah, with a cover photo of uh, the FT5ZMD Expedition. I got a bit of news this week and uh, came my way an email, a bit of inside information uh-huh. about the three big uh, sites, YouTube, Twitter and uh, Facebook. I'm on all three, so I'd like to hear this news, Rob. Well, apparently they're going to combine. That's an interesting idea. And what do they call themselves? Uh, apparently it's going to be called U-Twitterface. I think I know some people have already combined in that way. All right, well, enough of that uh, carry-on. We'll get uh, into the news. Brian, you've got the first story. Let's do that. You're so vain. Scanning veins in the human hand could become the biometric measure of choice for authentication when we pay for things or want to unlock devices such as smartphones, says an Australian professor. Thanks to the iPhone 5S and Galaxy S5, good names those, the 5S and the S5, uh, the smartphones, fingerprint scanners are going mainstream very quickly. But how will they fare against vein scanning? According to computer scientist Professor Willie Susilo of the University of Wollongong, fingerprint scanners are a gimmick, and iris and vein scanners are likely to trump them. One of the main benefits of vein and iris scanning is that you don't tend to leave your iris or vein prints behind, he said. That'd be a bad thing, wouldn't it, Rob? As most vein scanner sensors coming out this year require no physical contact, it means there are no residual biometric patterns that could be copied, preventing fraudulent use. There's a link in the text edition to a Sydney Morning Herald article about this. And in recent weeks, Rob, uh, a couple more challenges against the fingerprint scanners have come up where, uh, where people are using gels and superglues to pull off the oils from a screen and put it onto somebody else's. Really? Hmm. Amazing. Well, that's... Uh the lengths that people will go to. Well, for VK3 train travellers, we've got some good news. Free Wi-Fi for Victorian country trains. Passengers on some trains to Ballarat, Bendigo, Geelong, Seymour and Terrelgan will enjoy free Wi-Fi by late 2015. Wi-Fi is also planned for the central business districts of Melbourne, Bendigo and Ballarat, which will dovetail into the country train network. Many cities, eateries, shops and libraries and other public places and accommodation around the world are progressively adopting free public access Wi-Fi. Thanks, Jim Linton, VK3PC. And here's a story about ABC's Australian network that struck a deal for what it says will provide unprecedented opportunities for Australian content in China. The agreement with the Shanghai Media Group is expected to be signed in Shanghai on May the 4th. Under the deal, ABC International will establish an online portal in China 
through which a range of ABC and other Australian media content and services will be available to partner Chinese media organisations. The ABC says the deal will give Australian Network the most extensive access to Chinese audiences by any Western broadcaster. ABC Managing Director Mark Scott says the agreement opens new opportunities for media cooperation between the two countries. And that is a massive market over there, isn't it? It certainly is. And a lot of expats too. Well, here's something that's uh, a little hard to uh, swallow, Brian. 40% of 11 to 16-year-olds have suffered some kind of back or neck pain chiropractics in the UK have found. The use of laptops and tablets is behind a major rise in neck and back pain sufferers amongst young people, a new report said. Research from British Chiropractic Association found that being slumped in front of electronic devices could be contributing to a rise in muscle and joint problems, especially in teenagers. People working on such devices often sat in a hunch position, leading to strain being put on their backs, the BCA said. In order to ameliorate this, the association has released a number of tips for parents, including encouraging their children to be more active and only to sit for short periods and teaching them how to sit properly. That hunching is, is definitely right. Teaching them how to sit, though, that kind of sounds like boarding school and a, and a mistress with a, with a cane. Now to reach for the sky... Australian astronomers have a new stargazing gadget they hope will lead to breakthroughs in exploration of the Milky Way. The federal government hopes it will help Australia remain a world leader in astronomy. Industry Minister Ian McFarlane said as he launched the $13 million instrument called Hermes at Siding Spring Observatory. It can capture and analyse light from up to 400 stars at the same time, helping astronomers map the age and movements of stars and explain the formation of our local galaxy, the Milky Way. It is providing information about the motion and chemical composition of the stars in the Milky Way through a multinational project involving 17 institutions in eight countries. It's known as the Galactic Archaeology with Hermes, or GALAR, survey. McFarlane says participation in the world-class research like this and the international collaboration on the Square Kilometre Array radio telescope has enormous potential to build skills across many fields of technology. And that can only be good for us. It can. But something that's not so good for us is 000, as in the numbers 000, which you would normally dial on your telephone. However, telecommunications company TPG has been fined $400,000 for failing to provide customers with the ability to call triple zero in an emergency. The Federal Court found that TPG contravened the telecommunications laws by failing to ensure that its controlled network and facilities gave thousands of home telephone service users the emergency call service. The court found that on 193 occasions between March 15, 2011 and September 21, 2011, TPG failed to give end-users access to the emergency call services. It also failed to ensure that its networks gave end-users 5,979 standard telephone calls to emergency services. This is the first time that the ACMA has instituted proceedings against a telecommunications provider for contraventions of the determination. This decision is a reminder for all providers that the obligations to give triple zero access is of paramount importance, said ACMA Chairman Chris Chapman. Oh, 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 indeed. Oh, oh, oh. That's uh, six months. That's, um, uh, that is a concern, isn't it? I know a few people with the TPG service. Yeah. Now to hams across Australia, starting in VK3. 
Moorabbin District Radio Hamfest 2014. The Moorabbin District Amateur Radio Club are pleased to announce the 2014 Hamfest will be on Sunday the 10th of May with doors opening at 10am. This year's event will be at the Southern Community Centre, Rupert Drive, Mulgrave, Malway's map reference 80F4. The Moorabbin Radio Club's annual Hamfest is proud to be Victoria's biggest with displays and sales of new and pre-loved equipment. A must-come, must-see event for anyone interested in radio communications and electronics. Major door prizes, free tea and coffee, light refreshments and a sausage sizzle will also be on offer. Trader table bookings and general inquiries can be made by emailing Graham Lewis, VK3GL, or by phoning his mobile. You can check that in the text edition and the club website. A must-come, must-see event. And to VK6, the Harg Swap Meet is on again this Saturday, the 10th of May, with doors to open to sellers at 1pm. The entry fee is just $5, and you can find the Hamfest at Sanderson Road, Les Murdy. And there's an email address there of uh, VK6ZMS for any inquiries. To education, youth and advancement of amateur radio, starting with Ham Radio in India, school textbook. Amateur Radio is featured in the ninth grade book, Our World Through English, published by the government of Andhra Pradesh, India. A four-page section concentrates on disaster and emergency communication capabilities of amateur radio. For those interested, the book is available via the web at tinyurl.com forward slash India dash ham dash schoolbook for 35 rupees, which is about 70 cents in VK proper money. So I came to the club in... The first meeting, February 2005. I remember that meeting. I remember you at that meeting. I remember talking after that meeting. And I remember the first AR magazine that I got in my hands actually included an article, a front cover, in fact, about the the tsunami response. So thinking back to this uh, India School textbook, I can completely understand how that uh, the amateur radio would uh, get into school books. And it was obviously such a huge event and, and uh, the echoing of, of, uh, of the interaction with uh, AR and, uh, and emergency services has certainly um, brought it to the fore. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Now to our friend in VK6, Ono, VK6 FLAB. Tell us, Ono, what use is an F-call? An F-call is an amateur licence that you can obtain over a weekend with a little study. It's not particularly complicated and it'll give you some knowledge and skills to get started in the hobby of amateur radio. It's the first of three licence types, being Foundation, Standard and Advanced, each with their own skill set and requirements. In return, each licence gives you access to more privileges with different requirements, restrictions and obligations. This is the way of amateur radio licensing in Australia. But it's not the only way to get on air. You're likely familiar with CB, or Citizens Band. In the amateur community, it can be referred to as the Chicken Band. Epitaphs notwithstanding, having exposure to radio is another way to get into the hobby. Alternatively, you could purchase a commercial radio with a membership to one or more HF club, each with their own frequencies, nets, customs and communities. On the face of it, costs differ wildly. Getting a little closer, there are six of one and half a dozen of another. You'll have to pay for a radio, new or second-hand, that or borrow one from a friend. For CB, that's really the only requirement. 
HF clubs add their own requirements as they're likely to have paid for their frequencies and need members to recoup their costs. Amateur radio requires that you have an amateur license, but you can operate an amateur radio legally if you're supervised directly by an appropriately licensed amateur. These three broad groups, CB, HF clubs and amateur, all share technologies, skills and communities. So getting introduced to one community automatically introduces you to the others in more or lesser degree. There's no excuse not to get on air. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima L for Bravo. Thanks to that Ono. International news with thanks to the IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate, Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. Citation issued for the operation of a non-assigned frequency. The FCC has issued an official citation to CAM Electronics Distributing Inc. for programming into a transmitter frequencies for which the operator of the device was not authorised. Agents from the Enforcement Bureau's New York office conducted an investigation and observed private land mobile station WPZV506 transmitting on 455 MHz from the 30th Street Men's Shelter in Manhattan. In a subsequent telephone conversation and in an email, a CAM representative is said to have acknowledged the company had programmed into the radio transmitting equipment that FJC Security Corporation was using. The Commission may impose monetary forfeiture and in addition further violations can result in criminal sanctions including imprisonment. Sanjian turns 40, and a very happy birthday to the Sanjian Company, which is marking the company's 40th year of operation. The Los Angeles-based Sanjian USA is best known to hams and SWLs for its shortwave and longwave receiver designs, including the iconic ATS-803A. A private label version of the ATS was sold by Radio Shack as a realistic DX440, with both still in demand on the used gear market. And I know this device, I'm not sure if it was the 803, the 803A, but early 90s, I'm sure there was one of these. I know what they look like. They're black with all the switches and sliders and things. Mm -hmm. Up on the kitchen window at my grandparents' place. And um, I was just thinking, early 90s, that was before the internet. That's that's a little bit mind-blowing to me right now. Let's move on. A cell phone jammer brings Texas firm $29,250 notice of liability. Houston, Texas-based R&M Manufacturing has been issued with a $29,250 notice of apparent liability for its alleged use of a telephone phone jamming device, this to keep employees at its plant from placing wireless calls whilst at work. The FCC's Houston office first learned of the interference in a complaint from AT&T alleging that a signal was interfering with its licensed cellular communications. Using direction-finding equipment, the agents assigned to the case located the source of the strong wideband signals in the cellular and PCS bands that they were coming from R&M's manufacturing facility. In its decision to issue the $29,250 proposed fine, the FCC noted that R&M admitted to its operation of a jamming device for about 10 days, starting on or around March 23, 2013, with the intended effect of blocking or otherwise interfering with the FCC's authorised radio communications. The FCC says that the operation of the jamming device could have had disastrous consequences by precluding the use of cellular telephones to reach life-saving 9-11 services provided by the police, ambulance and fire departments. 
He could also have disrupted critical communications of the first responders who may have visited R&M's facility or nearby locations in a life or death situation. As is customary in these cases, R&M was given the customary 30-day-to-pay fine or to file an appeal. Telephone jamming devices, Brian. Well, I remember a club meeting uh, a year or two ago where Mark Tell came and uh, gave a talk. That's right. And uh, had some samples. Yeah, and they were. Uh, it's concerning that they looked like something that you'd put in your pocket anyway, a, a device or another piece of electronics or a cardboard packet that has death sticks in it. Mm, very, uh, very small and very easy to conceal. I actually remember, Rob, there was some talk a few, well, quite a few years ago now about the, uh, the cinema industry. The big multiplexes wanted to put these in as part of uh, their service to their customers. Of course, they're at shopping centres often, so you'll be walking around and be able to use your phone because you're you know, downstairs from a movie. Yes, not not good. All right, operational news, Dateline 2014. The WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint, that's on May the 3rd. SGARS 80-metre trophy contest, July 26. And the 1010 International Summer Contest, that's on August 2nd and 3rd. Remember the WIA Remembrance Day, the RD Contest, August 16, 17. And the Manly Warringah Radio Society Flagpole Contest is in September. Finally, Amateur Radio's International Air Ambulance Week, nine days from September 28th. Well, quite a few contests coming up there for us to uh, all participate in there, Brian. Okay, special event stations, DX Beacon Repeater and Net Advice. You've got this one, Brian. While it did not last as long as its planners had hoped, but the good news is that the recently concluded VK9MT operation from Mellish Reef has been approved for DXCC credit. Once the confirmation is in your hands, you can request credit for having made contact with VK9MT. And here's a good one, Brian. Heritage Day 2014. The theme is Without Any Borders. Being one of the most important heritage events in Flanders and Brussels, the 2014 Heritage Day is being held today, April the 27th. And this year's motto is Without Any Borders. With the slogan, A World of Dits and Dars, the Belgian IIAU Society Uber takes part in this event, emphasising that Morse code is a cultural heritage. Now until May the 14th, 10 special event stations are active from various locations. You can get a list of those 10 call signs in the text edition. QSL cards will automatically be sent out via the QSL Bureau. And an online log is available. And again, the text edition will have that URL. IW5ELA will be active, stroke TK from Corsica till May the 1st. This operation will be on 40, 20, 15, 12 and possibly 6. Mode is mainly CW, QSL via IW5ELA. And we couldn't tell you about this special event station last week because it was a secret. (laughs) But the secret nuclear bunker was on the air. The Essex secret nuclear bunker amateur radio station GB0SNB was on the air last weekend, located in RGHQ 5.1, Cold War nuclear bunker at Kelvinden Hatch, SatNav postcode CM150LA. The bunker is located in the borough of Brentwood, 32 kilometres northeast of London, and is a large underground bunker operated by the UK government from 1952 until 1993. It's hidden behind a small bungalow tucked away in some farmland along a small lane which houses the main entrance to the bunker. 
GB0SMB, Kelvin and Hatch Secret Nuclear Bunker. Yes, you can read up more on this in the text edition. They've got a URL for you and also one for Secret Nuclear Bunker. Two, uh, two URLs in the text edition. So uh, go check out the text edition of this news service. Are we going to be in trouble by letting this information out, Robert? Oh, well, it's not a secret anymore, is it? No, it would have been last week, though, right? Yeah. Two awards, the Keith Roger Memorial Award Enhanced. This award, run by Amateur Radio Victoria, which began in the early 70s, encourages portable operation in Victoria's 45 national parks. It was renamed in the 80s after Keith Roger, who began the award and did so much for the WIA. With small transceivers now available and targeted publicity by an enthusiastic awards manager, Tony Hamling, VK3VTH, more people are venturing into the parks. Considerable thought has been given to enhance the award to more appropriately recognise the few high achievers who do a lot to promote portable operations. At the same time, take this long-running award into a new era. The rules now include merit plaques. These recognise those who have activated all national parks or worked all national parks. A Grand Slam plaque is also available for working from and to all national parks. To check out the full rules, visit the awards section on Amateur Radio Victoria website. Thanks for letting us know about that, Jim. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Worldwide special interest groups, final frontier. And Greece is the word. J43VHF will be used by Greek alias balloon flight slated for May the 11th. As of now, the balloon will be carrying a payload of an APRS transmitter along with QRP gear for 2 and 10 metre CW. According to M0LPT, the high altitude balloon will be released from the area of Megalopolis. Its primary goal is to reach an altitude over 98,000 feet and to gather propagation data from any station being able to copy its beacons. The balloon will be trackable online via APRS.fi. Reception reports can be filed online at j43vhf.wordpress.com. Megalopolis, Brian, your background is? Greek. I haven't been there, though, uh, but I can tell you that uh, alias, A-E-L-O-U-S, A-E-L-O-U-S, is supposedly the uh, Greek god of the winds. Um, Check out the Wikipedia page for history about that. I don't understand the Greek mythology very well. But somehow the same person is uh, three different people with three different uh, parents and uh, it's kind of confusing. But uh, a really uh, well-named balloon flight. Maybe the balloon will split into three and they'll be fleet. (laughs) (laughs) Or they can fight over at the end. You got the next story? I do. Juno spacecraft QSLs on their way. QSL cards have been sent out to those radio amateurs who participated in the Juno Earth flyby experiment on October 9th, 2013. During the experiment, hams worldwide were requested to send the word hi in very slow morse at about 125th of a word per minute towards the Juno spacecraft during its Earth flyby. The Juno team confirmed that more than 1,400 radio amateurs participated, representing all seven continents. Worldwide special interest groups rescue radio. Maryland City gets two radio stations for serious situation alerts. Ocean City, Maryland officials have announced that the resort town will be getting into the radio business. This by acquiring two FM radio stations of a FEMA-sponsored hazard mitigation grant. 
the FM stations that Ocean City has just acquired will be used primarily as a way to get out critical emergency information in the event of massive storms like Hurricane Sandy and Irene that rocked the resort in consecutive years. That's a great proactive approach, isn't it? Go and buy a radio station. Or two, if you've got the cash. No, FEMA, FEMA helped them out with a the grant there, and that's uh, an important part of, uh, of I think, the mop-up and everything that came out of the last few years of uh, devastating winds and, and, uh, and storms. Now, Marconi was apparently a hacker victim. As we mark the birth of the Italian inventor on International Marconi Day, April the 26th, it's worthwhile revisiting a story we brought you last year. It's that story of one of his early exploits being hacked, which caused him much embarrassment. A new book, Pranksters Making Mischief in the Modern World by Kembrew McLeod, published by New York University Press, reminds us of that occasion involving Guglielmo Marconi. The book reports that in 1903, a troublemaker took over a demonstration of wireless telegraphy. Marconi was trying to sell his patented radio system to send secure and private messages. All were ready for the display in London. Then just before a device received a demonstration transmission, the wireless telegraph came alive announcing the words, rats, 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 then followed a few rhymes making the whole thing a disaster. Later, a noted magician, Neville Maskeline, who was also involved in wireless telegraphy and a public detractor of Marconi, explained to reporters that he wanted to show that the device had a fatal security flaw and won the day. That'd be a grey hat hacker or a black hat hacker. I don't know, there's different types. You guys should look them up. CW hacker. CW hacker. Yes. Well, Brian, we're almost at the end of the news this week. It's uh, gone quickly. It has. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And let's get to the social scene. On May the 2nd to the 4th in VK4, it's a Clareview gathering. And if you want to get involved with that, dial 0429 632 815. Don't know whose phone number that is, but dial it. May 10th, VK3, Moorabbin and District Amateur Radio Hamfest, 10am. And on May the 10th, the Barkfest at the Salvation Army Hall in Callumvale. May 10, VK6, Hag Swap Meet opens to sellers 1pm, number 5, Sanderson Road, Les Murdy. And on May the 16th to the 18th in VK4, it's a WIA conference presented by the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club. Uh, got any uh, queries on that one? You can contact Trent, vk4ts at wia.org.au. June 7th to 9, VK2, Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club Field Day, Port Macquarie. And on June the 7th and 9th in VK5, the Southeast Radio Club or Surge 50th Annual Convention and Australian Fox Hunting Championship. And on November the 2nd in VK5, the Hamfest, there's the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society Hamfest. And November 15th in VK7, a ham fest with a venue to be advised. And lastly, on November the 30th in VK3, it's a Spark ham fest at Rosebud. If you've got any inquiries on that, there's an email in the text edition of this new service. Well, as Graham normally uh, wraps up with uh, how to submit news. If you'd like to submit news items for inclusion in the VK1 WIA broadcast, please email your item in text to nationalnews at wia.org.au. To submit audio, read How to Submit Items in the weekly news page on the same website. Do it. Fill up Graham's email box with lots of news. Stop us from talking so much. Yes, we will. Thanks, Brian, for helping us out. Glad to be here, mate. And thanks, Graham, for letting us run the news again this week. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Graham. And as we always say, we've reported, you decide. 
We've reported. You decide.